Let's make today the day you get one step closer to becoming the parent you've always wanted to be and the parent your children deserve. And welcome to Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. I am your host, Erin Taylor, and I have wanted to help parents and children literally since I was 11 years old. I created this podcast to help you make a stronger, healthier, deeper connection to your child, to understand the inevitable challenges a little better, and learn some new ways to navigate them when they occur. Thank you for spending some time with me. Now let's get this show started. Hello and welcome to episode 587. Wow, it's nice to be back and recording episodes. In the month of March, I somehow must have had a premonition and I recorded a month's worth of episodes ahead of time. And lucky that I did. Because after uh, an entire year, COVID finally hunted my family down. We have been taking solid precautions, hand washing, mask wearing, social distancing, not gathering (coughs) with crowds, not eating in restaurants, all the stuff that we're supposed to be doing. And we stayed we hid from the virus for a solid year. And my husband, because he has asthma, he got the first dose at the beginning of, or the end of February. And he happened to get it because he was on the list and there was a big snowstorm that happened on a weekend And they thought that they were not going to get the shipment of vaccines. So they canceled all the appointments. The the mega site canceled all the appointments for Sunday of that weekend. And then Saturday night, suddenly they called him and said, we have an opening tomorrow. Can you come? And of course he could. Excuse all my coughing, but that's one of the lingering things I still have left in the sound of my voice like I have a cold. But anyway, so it was thanks to a snowstorm that he managed to get himself a vaccine appointment. And then March 14th, which was a Sunday, uh, his brother came to visit us. He went to visit his mom and then he went to his other brother's house, and then he went, came to our house. And at each place, I think he maybe stayed about an hour. And uh, little unbeknownst to any of us, he had COVID. And so <clears throat> that was on a Sunday. On a Tuesday, the, two days later, he called me and said that he woke up with symptoms and a sore throat and a headache and he went to get tested and he tested positive. 
And I said, oh my gosh, don't tell me. He broke the seal. He brought COVID into our house. This is terrible. So we all immediately went on quarantine. My kids hadn't been to school yet because they're at that point, their in-person days were Thursday and Friday, but it was only Tuesday. My daughter um, and my son had been to practice, but thankfully this did not impact either of their teams. And so, uh, because we went on quarantine immediately and then they didn't get it for long enough, maybe about a week later or so, and the (coughs) contact tracing only goes back, I think two days, maybe three. So it didn't affect anyone outside of our house, thankfully. But uh, he called on Tuesday, On Thursday, I woke up with a fever, and I said, oh, my goodness, I got it. And so I scheduled an appointment for myself on that Saturday to get a test. And, of course, it came back positive. And then I scheduled a test for my son and daughter and my husband on that Monday, which was eight days after my brother-in-law was here, And so um, that Sunday, the day after I tested positive, my younger son woke up with a fever on Sunday. So I knew he had it too. So when it was time to go get their tests on Monday, I said, well, I'll take him because I know he's got it. He's got a fever. And I had my husband take my daughter because neither one of them had symptoms. And so... (coughs) We were sitting in the parking lot at CVS waiting for the rapid results to come back. And we kind of joked to my daughter and said she was sitting in the car with my husband and my son was sitting in the car, the the different car with me. And we had the windows open and we kind of joked with my daughter, what happens if dad tests positive? Then there's no one really to take you home. And she got kind of wide-eyed. So then a few minutes later, the phone rang, and the results were that, yes, my son was positive, as I expected, but my husband was also positive, and my daughter was negative. (coughs) And so they just kind of put the windows down and drove home. I mean, what else can you do? And then the next day was was my daughter's 16th birthday. What a birthday to celebrate stuck in quarantine and your family members all have COVID. Not that much fun. Um, So Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, sorry, Monday night after their tests, she, her temperature went up to 100.1. And she said, no, I'm not going to let it happen. I don't want to get, I don't want to get, this virus on my birthday. I don't want to be sick for my birthday. And miraculously, she managed to fend it off for another day. She went through her entire birthday feeling well, no fever, no symptoms. Uh, And then her two close friends stopped by with a big poster and birthday gifts for her. And they sat out in the driveway with masks on and socially distanced 
and spent some time with her on her birthday. What a gift that was. Uh, so sweet, and it really boosted her mood. <coughs> so anyway, then the following day, she woke up with a fever. And of course, I knew she had it as well. So that was Wednesday, and then I took her to get tested at this point, I think, Friday, and it was the 26th of March, I believe, and she tested positive. And then uh, we have another brother-in-law who lives with us, my husband's other brother, and he had scheduled himself an appointment for Sunday, which I think was the 28th of March, which was now fully two weeks after my uh, other brother-in-law brought it into our house, and he tested positive. So everybody in my house ended up getting COVID. Now the added layer of that <coughs> is that on March 12th, which was a Friday, before any of this happened at our house, my son in college called me in a huff and a panic, not a panic, but in a huff, and he said, because he plays volleyball at his college on, his, on their team, they get tested, all the athletes get tested three times a week. And so they all got tested on that Friday evening. And one of his teammates, one of his teammates came back positive. And so <clears throat> there was a discussion of potentially... Uh, quarantining the entire team. Now, when they have practices and games, they wear masks the entire time. The player who tested positive is a commuter student, and he doesn't really come onto campus uh, socially to hang out with the team, like on the weekends and stuff. So the only contact any of them really had with him was during practices and games with masks on. But... Anyway, there was some discussion of possibly quarantining the team. Well, he called me in a huff on Friday night and said, my teammate just tested positive and they might quarantine us all. I'm just going to come home tonight. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down there, partner. You cannot come home if you've been exposed to the virus because then you could potentially be bringing it here. That's a problem because my daughter's volleyball season had just started with practices and their games were supposed to start the following week. And I managed to get to convince him to stay at school. And I said, just let's just wait and see what the official guidance is. They were supposed to make a decision the next day on Saturday. So the whole day Saturday went through no word. <coughs> All of Sunday went through, no word. Now that Sunday was the day my brother-in-law brought it to our house. Thankfully, I had had a couple of days since talking to my son on that Friday because Monday he called and said the school decided that the whole team has to quarantine and he wanted to come home. Rather than quarantining in the quarantine dorm, a bunch of his teammates were deciding to quarantine at home, and he wanted to come home. So I said, well, I will agree to that, but I must know 
if you're positive. I must know that, uh, let's say this, I must know that you're negative before you walk in the front door. So I'll schedule you an appointment to <clears throat> get a 15-minute rapid test, and then we will know whether or not you can quarantine at home. So he drove the two and a half hours home from school, and he went to the site at the mall and got his test, and then he drove the 20 minutes home. And before he even pulled in the driveway, I got the result on my phone that he had tested positive. So that was, that was Monday evening. My brother-in-law brought it to us, brought the virus in our house Sunday, but we didn't know it yet. We didn't know it until Tuesday. So this was the first time COVID visited my family when my son, my college son tested positive. And <clears throat> I felt the swirl of emotions of, you know, worry and fear and stress and all of it. I called him while he was driving. He has the phone Bluetoothed into the car. I called him and I said, I just got the results. You're positive. And he said, are you kidding me? You have to be joking. And I was like, oh, honey, I wish I was. So just pull into the driveway, get home safely, pull into the driveway, and then we'll talk on the phone and figure it out. So he pulled into the driveway and we went out to see him and I could see the, the stress and the fear and the worry in his eyes and gosh, I just wanted to be able to hug him, get in the car with him, have him get out of the car. It was torture to just be able to look at him through the closed window. And <clears throat> he sat in the driveway and he talked, he called his coach, he called his girlfriend who he had seen, he called his roommate. So he did the contact tracing that he needed to do. And um, then he also had to call his RA. So his coach said, come on back to campus, you can quarantine in the dorm since you obviously don't want to bring it to your family. So then he also had to call his RA because he and his roommate share a bathroom with, the R with their RA. Every two rooms in their dorm share a bathroom. So he happens to share with the RA. So he called the RA to let him know what had happened. And the RA said, oh, well, I'm going to have to call my supervisor and you may not be allowed to come back onto campus since your positive test was off campus. And I was like, oh my gosh, come on now. He just left campus two and a half hours ago. It's not like he's been, his positive test came from campus because he's been living there. So anyway, I said, immediately he called me on the phone and said, oh, this is what the RA said. And I said, immediately call your coach back and tell him what happened and tell him, ask him if he can get special permission for you to get back on campus in that dorm. And so he called his coach and this is one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I'm so grateful he's playing a sport at in college. <clears throat> his coach was able to pull some strings because he had just left a couple hours ago and get him a special permission to come into the dorm on campus, the quarantine dorm. And so, uh, and then the other reason I'm grateful that he plays 
a sport in college. This is just a sidebar, but it's wonderful to have an adult on campus, to know that there's an adult on campus who cares about, who, who has a vested interest in his well-being. It's so comforting, especially as a mom sending her first child to college. So <clears throat> his, um, his coach took care of getting him back onto campus. And so I asked my son if, when he first pulled in, I asked him if he wanted um, some dinner that we had made that evening. And he said, oh my gosh, my stomach is such a mess. I'll be sick if I eat. And it just made me feel so terrible. My baby boy was stressed and he's stuck in the car and I can't get to him. It was awful. So we ended up, <clears throat> once we knew he could go back to school, we ended up packing him, just kind of rummaging through the closet, the, the uh, pantry, and putting together the snacks that we could, that we had on hand that we knew he would eat. And then I did heat up some dinner and put it in a disposable container for him. And then we went outside and we passed the bag of snacks and some dinner through the open sunroof to him. And we, you know, watched him close the sunroof and pull out of the driveway. And as I watched him pull away, I just, my heart just broke into a million pieces. I could see the fear and the stress in his eyes. And it was so upsetting. It was so hard to send my baby away. But the reason I sent him away was because I was trying to keep COVID out of my house and protect my other kids and my husband and myself, my brother-in-law, but also protect my daughter's volleyball season, which had just started. And so <clears throat> that was really, really crushing. It was heartbreaking. It was really hard. And one of the things, so when he pulled out of the driveway, now, of course, we didn't know yet that COVID was already in our house. But when he pulled out of the driveway, uh, I had to carry something around to the back of the house, to the backyard. I don't remember what it was, but I carried it around. My husband walked around with me. And then I just started sobbing in the backyard. And he was holding me while I just sobbed into his arm crying my eyes out, like uncontrollably crying my eyes out while my son was driving back to college. And what I realized <clears throat> later that evening was that it triggered a painful trauma from when our daughter Sydney died. And I wasn't necessarily aware of it when it was happening, but I made the connection after I kind of pulled myself together and wrung out all the tears that my body could create in that moment. Um, when she died, when she was a baby, and we had to call the funeral home to come and get her, I, car I carried her out to the driveway. And 
the two men from the funeral home came in a white van and I had to hand her body over to these two men who <clears throat> put her tiny little body in this tiny little body bag and put her in the van and drove away with her. <laughs> and that was undeniably, arguably the most difficult moment of my entire life. It was gut-wrenching. And I remember standing in the driveway watching that van pull, up, pull away and drive down the street and just sobbing and howling like a guttural howl that, you know, sounded like it came from a wolf or an animal or something. Just the most guttural sounds coming out of me as I had to part physically part with my newborn child. It was awful. I, I, I there's no, <laughs> there's no, not a descriptive enough word to describe, to explain how horrible that moment was. I just have never come up with a word that adequately describes the horror of having to do that. And <clears throat> That Monday night, a couple of weeks ago, when I watched my son pull, my COVID-positive son, pull out of the driveway to have to drive. He just drove two and a half hours home, and then I had to send him out of the driveway to drive two and a half hours back to school, where he would be quarantining with this horrible virus. It was awful. And once I made that connection, I understood how why I had such an intense reaction and why I sobbed my eyes out uncontrollably. So it was, it was very, 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 that night was very stressful. But there was, <clears throat> there were some blessings that came out of it, which I'm going to share in a, an upcoming episode because this episode I'm just kind of sharing what happened as COVID spread through my family. But in another episode, I'm going to share the many, many blessings that came to us through this virus. So stay tuned on that one. But anyway, that was a very, very rough night. And then of course, the next day we learned that my brother-in-law introduced it into our house. So um, my mother-in-law ended up not contracting COVID, thank goodness, because she's older. She had, was one week past her second dose when he went to her house for the first time in a year. And thankfully, he didn't give it to her. Then he stopped at my other brother-in-law's house, and he ended up giving it to all of them, um, mom and a dad and a son and a daughter, all four of them. And then he came here and we, all five of us, ended up getting it. So <laughs> my brother-in-law ended up giving it to nine of us in total. And he felt absolutely awful. My brother-in-law at the other house who got it with his family, he ended up in the hospital for a few days with COVID pneumonia. So it was really rough. It was a rough time. 
Um, I nicknamed my brother-in-law, the original one, I nicknamed him Patient Zero (laughs) because he kind of started the whole thing. But in terms of how COVID affected us, I'm so thankful that my son in college was asymptomatic. I'll say mostly asymptomatic. He he had a hundred point, I think, I think his fever never went over 100.5 and he only had it for a day or two. And he was a little bit stuffy. So I'm going to say he was basically asymptomatic or he had a very mild case of it, which was so comforting to me to not have to worry about his well-being when he was stuck in a dorm two and a half hours away. I'm so grateful that he was asymptomatic. I, on the other hand, was not asymptomatic. I had what felt like the worst case of the flu I've ever had. My fever got up to almost 103. I had a fever for nine straight days. I could not get rid of it, not even with Advil or, excuse me, Tylenol. Uh, the first few nights, I could not sleep. I was just, even though I felt awful and sick, sick, sick. I would lay awake for hours staring at the ceiling. I was isolated in my college son's bedroom trying to keep the rest of my family from getting it, but of course that did not work. I had body aches. I had, I lost my sense of smell and taste. Thankfully, my taste was only gone for two days, but my sense of smell still isn't back, and it's been almost four weeks. Um, It's back faintly, but not, it's not normal yet. And I would say maybe one of the weirdest symptoms that I had when I was sick was eye pain. It felt like when each morning when I would wake up, I would reach over in my son's room, I kept the thermometer on his on his bed. So I would wake up and roll over and reach for the thermometer. But just the act of moving my eyes to the side was excruciating. It felt like I was tearing my eye muscles just to move my eyes from to either one side or the other. My that eye pain was so intense. It was unbelievable. And so I had to take Advil each morning just to be able to open, really open my eyes because the pain was so bad, I didn't even want to open my eyes. It was really weird. And that probably lasted for about five days. When the Advil would wear off, my eyes just hurt so bad to move, I just didn't want to open them. And then also, my energy was really low, really bad. I, I slept a lot. I, I still am sleeping more than I would normally have slept. Um, but I took one, two, three, four naps a day. Early on, it was really bad. Um, I ended up taking NyQuil to sleep at night, and I would sleep 10 hours at night. Even after I wasn't having to take medicine anymore, and even after my well, as my fever was ending around day nine and then 10, 11, I was sleeping 10 hours at night 
and I would get tired at nine o'clock at night and I would take a nap during the day, the energy, and I wasn't doing anything. The energy level was just like non-existent. The first walk I took around the block with my husband and my dog, I was exhausted and had to come back and sleep. It was really bad. Um, but like I said, I'm almost a month out from from getting sick at this point. And yesterday I ran for the first time a mile and a half and it felt pretty, I felt pretty normal. And I've uh, gone, I, I had already gone back to lifting weights with my husband and working out and stuff. So uh, although I'm do, I, I'm still doing it at much lighter weights than where I was when I got sick. So I'm getting back into the swing of it and feeling better every day. I had this stuffiness that won't go away, but uh, I don't know where it is because when I blow my nose, nothing really comes out and my sinuses are not clogged. So I don't know where the stuffy sound is coming from, but I'm really looking forward to that going away soon. And um, my husband was basically asymptomatic his cough got a little bit worse but that's what happens you know he has asthma that's what gets him every time but it it didn't it never got that bad thank goodness my younger son he had a fever and felt lousy for about two and a half to three days flu-like symptoms and then the only lingering thing for him was his energy but after about a week and a half, 10 days or so, he was almost normal. The energy took a little bit longer. I mean, he, his energy wasn't normal a week and a half after getting sick, but it was close to normal. So he probably had it, other than my husband who was vaccinated, my son, and then of course my college son was almost asymptomatic. My younger son, he was the mildest in the house other than my husband. And then my daughter had it almost as, well, I would say almost as bad as me. She had a fever for four days and it got up to 103 during that time. And she had low energy. She had a sore throat, a headache, body aches, the same kind of symptoms that I had. She didn't have the eye pain that I had. But because her fever lasted more than three days. When I took her back this week to get cleared to go to the pediatrician to get cleared to go back to her volleyball team, they made her get an EKG because they told me that the current guidance was if your fever lasts longer than three days, you have to get an EKG. And her fever lasted four days. So I had to take her to get an EKG, which thankfully turned out normal. And so she's fully cleared. And today, as of the day I'm recording this, she had she went back to volleyball yesterday. She had a match yesterday and a match today. So she played this morning. We're on spring break here. Um, my son, the younger one, he's going back to his soccer practice tonight, which is wonderful. It's the first time back for him since this whole mess started. And then my son in college, he went back to his volleyball team last week, and tonight is the first round of playoffs, so he will be playing tonight. And I told my daughter this morning, I'm so delighted 
because all three of my kids are playing their sports and I'm so thankful. I mean, they would be in school too if it wasn't spring break, but it's so, so wonderful to have us all getting back to our lives. I mean, it, it's crazy. I'm, I'm grateful that we didn't, none of us got sicker than we did, even though I felt like I was really sick. Um, and my brother-in-law ended up in the hospital, but thankfully he got better and he came out and he came home, which is great. Uh, none of us died from it, so I'm really grateful about that. But, um, you know, we had, a, a I would say, a moderate, a couple of us had a moderate case of this virus and the disruption that it causes from the quarantine before you test positive through the period when it's running through your house. I mean, it really took us all out of commission for three, well, yeah, three weeks. It took us out of commission for three weeks and we're all still trying, you know, just getting back into the swing of things with our energy level. So the disruption that it causes to your life, even if you don't go in the hospital, is significant. Um, so I was, you know, disappointed that we hid from this virus for an entire year and then it caught us just before vaccine eligibility opened to me and my daughter. Um, in a week and a half, our state is going to make all people 16 and older eligible. So literally, we it caught us about a month before we could get vaccinated. So I guess, you know, it happens. Um, I'm grateful to be back to recording podcasts um, I'm grateful that I had the premonition to record a month in advance, which I haven't been doing recently. Um, I'm glad that I had those episodes banked for you while I was feeling really miserable and sick. And I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back to living my life and doing my work. Thankfully, I managed to rally and I didn't cancel, I didn't have to cancel any of my sessions. I had sessions with my clients when I had 102 fever and I had Advil and I rallied and it was only an hour and then I would hang up with them and go back to sleep. And I did that for my clients. I love my families that I work with. I just absolutely love them. And I didn't want to miss any time with them. And, you know, if the Advil wouldn't have made me functional, or at least artificially functional for an hour, I wouldn't have. I would have had to have canceled, obviously, but I'm really grateful that I didn't have to. And really, those hours that I was working were the only hours during that period of sickness where I felt like my normal self. I felt like I was doing what I'm here on this planet to do. And so I'm really grateful that I was able to continue serving my clients during that period of illness. So anyway, that is the long winding story of how COVID hunted us down mercilessly after a year. And in an upcoming episode, 
I'm going to talk about all the many blessings that came our way. Um, but for now, I'm going to cut it here. And if you haven't been visited by COVID and you do get visited by COVID, I hope that you are your case is as mild as it can be and that you can get back on your feet as fast as possible. And so I'm wishing all of you health and wellness and I'm wrapping up today's episode. Wherever you are in this world, I hope that you are healthy and well. That wraps up this episode of Powerful Parenting for Today's Kids. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode or this podcast in general, please share it with them. Also, I always love hearing feedback from my listeners. I welcome you to send me an email to erin at erin-taylor.com if you have any comments or questions that come up for you in an episode. Our children are our future. Parenting them is the most sacred task we will ever be asked to do. It truly does take a village to raise a child. Let's help each other to raise our children to be who it is they are meant to be. If at any point you feel like you need a little extra help and support, reach out to me. I am here to help you.